Okay, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds, get to learn about other cultures and see what's going on in other places all over the world. Uh, my name is Nosa Yari, and welcome to another episode. Today I have a strong man on the podcast. Can I call you a strong man? Is that okay? You call strong man if you like. <laughs> okay, cool. So I have strong man Eddie Menz on the podcast. Uh, Eddie runs... Uh, I guess I can call it like a fitness and cultural brand, Gold Coast Warriors. Uh, he's a fitness buff. Um, I mean, I probably would. I usually don't post like videos of the podcast, but I just might for this episode just give you guys an appreciation of his physique. Or maybe you guys can click on the social media handles and check him out yourself. But uh, welcome to the episode, Eddie. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Good, good, good. How's your day going? Uh, obviously, I would imagine you went to the gym this morning, didn't you? I did, yeah, but I just got back not too long ago, about uh, 30 minutes ago. So pretty much my morning routine, you know, get up, eat breakfast. Um, what do you usually have for breakfast? Uh, usually I eat the same thing almost every day. So typically I eat eggs, like five eggs in the morning. Um, Five eggs. Why do all fitness people start in the morning with eggs? What's with fitness and eggs? Oh. Like you, you fry them, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I fry them. It's like this, so you just eat eggs, just eggs, nothing else. Oh, eggs, oatmeal, bacon, you know, um, blueberries, oranges, just pretty much a good set of healthy meal, you know, just to mm. get my, my my day going. Now, isn't, isn't some, bacon supposed to be bad for you though? Oh, what, what really? isn't bad for you nowadays? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Water is even bad for you. Oh, please. It's, just, it's ridiculous now. Everything is bad for you. So I guess you just got to pick, you know, your poison. So, <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a long time coming. I think you now hold the record for the, the longest, what would I call it? The, the longest uh, interaction before a recording. I think that that... <laughs> That was first held by Daryl Davis, who is someone I chased for almost, uh, I want to say, 17 months or so before I got him to do an interview. Boy, you, at least like two years now. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since our last uh, interaction in Chicago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually saw the uh, uh, the uh, Daryl Davis podcast. Mm. Man, that was a great insight. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. I mean, you know, there are different ways to go about, you know, um, winning this war against racism and everyone is, you know, doing their own thing. It's just important that, you know, we all pull our collective efforts together. And, you know, we'll talk about all that stuff, you know, future in the episode. But yeah, we did meet at the People of Culture event in Chicago in 2018, uh, which was uh, our first event. So not cultural class podcast specifically i think i started the podcast a little bit after that if i if i okay. imagine but you know that was an event put on by my brother and i and just to celebrate you know culture like african culture and other culture right. and that was like our first event in chicago we're planning on doing one this year also but obviously covid is shifting our plans but hopefully we can do something again in the future and we look forward to having you and your team uh, as Absolutely. part of that one as well. Uh, so let's talk about you a little bit. Tell me about Eddie, man. Like, where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Ghana, West Africa. Mm, the know, Gold Coast. So, so Gold Coast. So, so that's, that's pretty much how that, we came about with the that, brand. That obviously inspired the name Gold Coast Warrior, obviously. Uh, but what, what part of Ghana uh, are you from? Talk to me about growing up. Did you grow up in Ghana? For the early part of my life, yes, I did grow up in Ghana. Um, I'm from Kumasi, Ghana. Mm. So that's in the uh, kind of up central region area of Ghana. 
Yeah, so I grew up there um, until about eight or nine. And uh, I also lived in uh, London. And then, because uh, my dad actually played uh, ga- football for Ghana. He played for the nice. powerhouse Asante Kotoko. He played for them. He played for the national team. And then he also played in uh, in Europe, in Belgium. Nice, nice. So and that's where I was fitness, actually born. Fitness has always been in the family, you know, kind of. Absolutely, absolutely. My two older brothers. My older brother, he played football in college. I played football in college. My uh, middle one, he does. Bo- he's a professional boxer. So Ooh. my whole entire family, we're all. Really yeah, you, do, do you guys have sisters? I'm sure no one messes with her if you do. <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't have any sisters. And absolutely, nobody would mess with, with, with her if uh, we had a sister. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I was in Ghana myself in the summer of 2018. And fun fact, I got into the U.S. the day of the event for People of Culture 2018. So I was in Ghana oh, okay. for three months, and I flew in. Uh, we're supposed to have the event like I think three weeks earlier, but we had to move it because I wouldn't have been in the U.S. And we held it that day and I flew into the event like on the day of. So it's pretty interesting. Like Ghana, such a historic culture, lots of things. I've interviewed, um, you know, someone from Ghana as well. I think he was from the Akan Kingdom. I'm not sure okay. if the Akan Kingdom also encompasses people from the Kumasi geography or not. Uh, but what, mm. what tribe are you from in Ghana? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I think I'm I'm in the uh, Ashanti region. As mm. far as tribe, that, that goes really, really deep into, you know, and I'm not entirely sure. You know, I was, like I said, I was a, I was a pretty much a, a really, really young kid. So um, that, that stems really, really deep. And I didn't have much idea about, you know, I'm sure my parents know, but I, I'm not too quite sure. So... Got I'm it. gonna be honest and say, but yeah, I, I'm a, I'm in Ash, I was in Ashanti Akan region, so anything everything that you're saying is is all you know familiar. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna do you a favor and send this episode to one of your Ghanaian aunties so they can tongue lash you about. <laughs> oh, this, oh, absolutely, they're definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna get some heat for this. I know. But, you know. Yeah, but it's, it's all good, man. Let's talk about bodybuilding. Like, you have such an admirable physique, you know, uh, pause. But, you know, how did you, like, get into bodybuilding? Like, what fascinated you about? Was it, did you get some inspiration from your dad, who was obviously athletic? Or did you just, like, feel good? Like, talk to me about the whole process of getting into the sport. So, from a young age, I've always been pretty much obsessed with the human body and, you know, muscular development and all that kind of stuff. And I've, I've also been involved in athletics. So I've been playing sports my whole entire life. And absolutely, my dad inspired me, you know, from him being a professional athlete. I wanted to kind of take over his footsteps, you know, and um, he always, every time him and I, we talk, he always, first thing he asked me, did you work out today? <laughs> oh, <laughs> did really? You, did you, did, oh, yeah. Every time uh, my dad and I, we speak. Did Is you it work out today? now that you're much older or even when you were a kid or a teenager? Even when I was a kid and even till now. Interesting. I call him right now. He asked me, did you work out this morning? Did you work out today? That's that, daddy, daddy men's, huh? Right, right. So that's um, the first thing that he asked me. And then, you know, through the whole process, I've been uh, inspired by, by my, my older brothers as well. Because, you know, they play sports and uh, pretty much... I played football in college, in high school. So, you know, athletics has always been in my blood. It's been in my background. Football and then, or soccer? Um, football, American football. Got it. Yeah, I played soccer uh, my younger uh, days, like in the youth. And I played one year in high school. Um, but football was, was I like that better. <laughs> so I, I stuck with that one. Got um, it. But yeah, I mean, so after football, that's when I really, really started getting into bodybuilding. Um, one of my friends, uh, he did a show 
And then he told me, man, you you would kill it if you do a competition. And I was like, really? Because you know, like by looking at me, competition, bodybuilding competition. Yeah. Mm. So pretty much he kept telling me all the time, you need to do a show. You need to do a show. You, you would kill it. And so I kept kind of pushing it away and he did a show. And then that inspired me more to keep on with the journey. So, um, I, I started prepping for a competition. I did a show and I, 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 and he was right. I looked amazing. I looked very, very good. And, but I wasn't satisfied. I, I you know, as humans, we all think we can do better. We can go the extra mile and improve in any way that we can so but that's pretty much how i got into bodybuilding i've been lifting since i was uh 14 years old mm. yeah i've been i've been in the weight room since 14 so i've been very 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 consistent this journey is about consistency it's just not people think wake up one day you know you start eating healthy and then you get in shape no no no. this is like a long journey and that pretty much never stops you just got to keep up with it you know yeah. So um, it's something that, that I just passionately enjoy and you have to be obsessed with the process. You have to be obsessed with it. So, um, you know, yeah, man, I've, I've been doing it for a long time and I really like it. Yeah, man, I can relate. You know, anything you do in life, you know, bodybuilding, podcasting, whatever you do, you know, it's all about consistency, sticking to right. it. And you actually see like I, just before this episode, you know, so I woke, woke up like 6 a.m. in the morning and someone had tweeted me that she was listening to my very first episode. And I think I've published like 88 or 89 episode as at the time of this recording and i was like oh i wonder how it sounded like so i just went back to listen to it and i was like god damn it like <laughs> a lot has changed you know since then but you know the consistency over the last like almost two years now of podcasting i think i can kind of like relate to that in uh your 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 workout what strongman competition did you participate in and, and when was this uh can you remember it was um actually it was not a strongman competition so mm. with bodybuilding and you know fitness as a whole there's a whole bunch of different categories of competitions that you can partake in mm -hmm. um I did, it was bodybuilding. So I did men's physique. So men's physique is like, you wear like the board shorts. It's like a nice, sexy beach look, you know? So they're not like overly too big, but they still got some cuts on them. They still got some muscles on them. And they're, they're just a nice sculptly built. Whereas open bodybuilding, you wear those, uh, you know, the sink, the, uh, <laughs> like the speedos. Yeah. You, okay. Right. So you wear those and those guys are huge. Those guys are big. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the difference. And then, and then we have classic physique. That's more classic. of like the artwork of bodybuilding. That's more showing your structure, your physique, how well you pose and all that. Oh, so yeah. which, which one does Ronnie Coleman participating? Is it classic? Yeah, so he does. So he does open bodybuilding. Mm. So that one, those are the big, big, big guys. Those are the huge monsters. Those are the what people want to see. Yeah. I mean, I was watching his documentary on Netflix and Ronnie yeah. Coleman, I think he was like eight-time champion or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a whole Texas different guy. beast. Like, yeah. he, that dude is a beast. Like, oh yeah, his car alone is, is like a truck, you know, like a whole thing. But yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, uh, you know, getting to know, you know, how you started this whole thing. But yeah. why did you deem it kind of like important to like marry culture and fitness because a lot of people have like fitness brands a lot of people you know do a lot of stuff in the fitness world in the bodybuilding world in the strongman world but you know you naming your company gold coast warriors as an attribute to ghana you have your motto train like a warrior you know you you have all these like african symbolisms and things in your your clothing and your names and even your workout videos from the music and all that why did you think it was important to marry culture with bodybuilding what was it just like as a marketing ploy or is there like a deeper meaning to it Oh, it's definitely a deeper meeting. It wasn't just for marketing purposes. 
Um, because nowadays there's a lot of brands out there. You know, everybody's got a brand, which I think is great. You know, um, some may say it's oversaturated, but I don't listen to that kind of stuff. It's, it's, there's a reason why it's oversaturated because it works. You know, even when you're starting something, your friends, your family, your your pastors, your school teachers, anybody, they will tell you that, why are you doing this? So-and-so is doing that. Uh, so it's, it's a very, very oversaturated market. That itself tell, means that it works. Even podcasts, everybody does podcasts. It means it works. So what if it's it, uh, if it was saturated? I, I don't really, you know, look at that uh, as a negative thing. I look at that as a positive. So um, pretty much, our brand stands out because we use our culture and our tradition, and they can taste stuff to kind of, you know, interweave it into our clothing apparel. So when people see it, they're like, wow, that's different. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Now there's other uh, brands out there that incorporate it that they have something similar. But um, you know, pretty much. When you wear our stuff, you feel a sense of home in a way. You know, you, you, you kind of resonate with, with it. So, you know, other brands and, other, and stuff like that, they, they have their own way of doing things. And we have our way of doing things. And our way is using our culture to mix in with our fitness apparel. So that's pretty much because, you know, we, we're from Ghana, West Africa. And so that's how the name came about, Gold Coast Warrior. And, and when you say we, you run this with uh, one other person. Or I think like three people represent the GCW brand. Uh, are all you guys from Ghana? Yes, we're all from Ghana. Yeah. So how do you guys meet the, uh, the all you guys? Because from what I understand, uh, all, everyone, all one of uh, you guys live in the DMV area. So did you guys meet, meet in like Maryland, Virginia and D.C.? Like how do you guys yeah, so- like, find each other? <laughs> I actually uh, went to school with Jehu, who's uh, my co-partner, a co-founder. So, I mean, I went to church together, and then I went to school with uh, T, Tafik, the other guy. So then uh, one weekend, we just all kind of linked up during the summertime, and we got a workout in together, and then we sat down. We thought about the idea, you know, and long story short, we just put it together, and then, we, you know, it came about. Jehu could probably tell you the, the story a lot better because, <laughs> you know, it was just it was kind of weird how it all came about. And, you know, it just fell into place. Got it. Got it. Uh, how are you working out nowadays? Because from what I understand, in a lot of states, I mean, some states are starting to, you know, reopen gyms slowly and, you know, saying they are observing social distancing in gyms and things like that. But how are you working out? Do you have your own personal gym? Do you still have access to a gym or do you find other ways to work out at this time? Um so when the shutdown started, I pretty much took, well, like two to three months off. I was actually in the midst of getting ready for another competition. Oh, wow. And that all, yeah, I was, I started in January and then about two months in, that's when the lockdown began mm. and they closed down the gyms, they closed down everything. So I didn't have, you know, access to the gym or anything like that. So I was pretty much left with going outside to work out. So I made a decision to just take time off not work out, just relax. I did not work out for two months straight. No, I did not wow. touch this. Yeah, I did not this touch This is for you who's been working out since 14. Right, right, right. So I did not work out at all. I just, I mean, I still maintain my shape by eating healthy and eating well. But um, as far as working out and being active, I, I just took time off just to let my body rest. You know, that's one thing about bodybuilding that, you know, you got to let your body rest. So two months I just didn't do anything. Um, and people were working outside. Some people have private gyms they can go to. Um, I had, I still had access to a gym. I could have went if I wanted to, but you know, I just didn't want to, want to uh, infringe on any COVID laws, anything yeah. like that. So I just stayed out the way and I just worked on myself and 
um, in other avenues and stuff like that. So I just pretty much, you know, just relax and recover. Got it. Got it. And I'm sure like in the fitness uh, industry, a lot of people say that it always has to be a balance between workouts and diet, right? But which is more important to you? Because um, a lot of people, about, oh, does it depend on the, you know, your particular body metabolism? Because a lot of people I know who eat a lot, but don't really gain any weight. And a lot of people eat what they want and they work out and burn it off. But like, what's like, what's more important in your, your opinion, like diet or workout? Um, diet. Diet is mm. more important. Um, now, yeah, you're right about some people can eat whatever the hell they want and <laughs> they don't, they still maintain their shape and some people gain weight, you know, so it all really varies up, uh, on the individual. But, you know, diet is literally the staple if you want to, you know, go to the next level. And the workout is absolutely important too, because that's when, that's how you can, you know, help build muscle, you know, going to gym, eating right, doing your cardio. So when you put all that together, you will be in a good position to succeed. But diet, I think is number one, like that, that's number one. I'm like in a very peculiar situation because I do, it's like easy for me to gain weight. And of course I've put on my, my fair share of COVID-15 since the pandemic. But if I start to go to the gym, I start to build muscle and I don't really like necessarily want to build muscle. I just want to maintain like a, like a, no, right. a normal tone figure. So it's that balance. I'm like, I, I haven't really had time to really dig into the science of it and know exactly what works for me. Maybe that I need to like get off my ass and do that. But it's just interesting to hear you say that. What are some of the things you stay away from like dietary wise? Uh, what are some of the, like some key advice, one or two nuggets you can give some of our listeners that, hey, you know, stick to this, don't do this. This will, you know, works better. This doesn't work. That kind of, you know, kind of going back on what you said about balance, I think balance is really, really critical. So if you, if you can find a good balance within yourself, because there's a lot of information out there, you know, especially with this social media era, there's tons of information that may or may not work for you. So you really got to learn your body, know how it reacts to certain foods and certain diets. Um, for most people, they think that carbs makes them gain weight. In some mm. cases, it may. In some cases, it may not. Um, sugar is one of, is very detrimental. If you consume too much sugar without you even realizing it, that's how you gain and, and a lot of weight. And this includes beer, right? Beer. <laughs> I, mean, I, I live in Colorado, so, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, alcohol is, is, it doesn't mix, man. Alcohol and, and fitness is not mixed, so that oh will gosh. definitely put on weight. Now, you know, let's say everything in moderation, and then they say that moderation is for cowards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you hear that term, right? So yeah. then you, you don't know which is which. I think it, it comes down to having a really, really good balance, you know? So pretty much eating this, and then they have like the 20, I mean, the 80-20 uh, rule where you eat, I don't know, 80%, and then you can eat 20%, whatever the hell you want. I don't really follow that. My diet is very regimented. So it's pretty much 95% healthy, like, year-round. Wait, wait, when you say 80-20 rule, so like you eat 80% healthy, then you allow 20% to eat whatever you want. So is that like you give like a specific day, like on Sundays, I can eat sweets or whatever, or you say, okay, dinner time, two times a week, I can eat whatever I want. That kind of Essentially. So it all comes down to how you kind of format it. Some people do it differently. So for me, every now and then I will go and just pick out and eat a burger, a bunch of chicken wings and just enjoy you know, mm -hmm. I don't expect people to eat chicken and broccoli every single day. That's just, you just got to go mental. That's mm -hmm. not even, that's not, 
you know, that's not, you should not do that. You should have a good balance, you know, um, really learn your body, do research on your own body, see how you react to things rather than just being strict all the time because you want some six pack. No, that, that doesn't make sense. This is a, you're in it for the long haul. It's not just a quick fix, quick thing. You know, you want to, it's, I'm talking about a year of dedication of just slow, gradual prog- progress. It's not a one month getting shaped, two months getting shaped, three months. No, it's a yearly, yearly, day by day, day by day, week by week, month by month. Take it slow. And then if you want to eat some ice cream here and there, absolutely good do that. Now, if you eat ice cream every day, of course, that's not a really smart thing to do because you're going to, you know, gain weight because the whole premise is to, you know, lose weight. But so you it's more like it. a lifestyle thing. Like it's, it's continuous, it's consistent. I just need to yeah. keep those practices that, you know, add to your goal rather right. than... Because, you know, these <laughs> fitness people you see on Instagram, trust me, they're not eating healthy 24-7. Come on mm. now. Nobody does that. It's, it's some of it is a gimmick, you know. Really? I'm just going to be straight up. Well, like lighting kind of thing or what? No, nah, from from the pictures, from what they eat, from everything. Oh, it's, you mean people on YouTube that say, hey, man, this is exactly what I eat every day. It's like, right. You know, people it. on YouTube, Instagram, it's not all like that perfect. It's really not all that perfect. Sometimes they eat a box of pizza. Sometimes they eat ice cream. It's like, you know, it's, it's not that serious. You know, but for the most part, they maintain a healthy lifestyle. And that's what I'm trying to uh, get, uh, get my point across. It's not like you got to be strict 24-7. That's Got it, got it. And, but there, there are some people who stick to the script 24-7, and that's great. You know, if you're disciplined enough to do that, then you can do that. I've done it before. I've, I've gone eight to eight months straight of just eating pretty strict, like chicken and broccoli and veggies. Oh, so and, chicken you know, is good. Boiled, yes. fried, like what's uh, steamed? Yeah, you don't want to do fried. <laughs> Um, you know, um, yeah, fried foods, you, you, you want to kind of stay away from it. Every once in a while, it's okay. You know, fried chicken. What of like our African diet, like most of our diet has a lot of oils. Like I'm West African myself, I'm Nigerian. Right. And, you know, most of our soup, jollof rice, obviously all that stuff, mm. like it has a lot of oils. Is there like, if we have to make something with like oils, like some people say use olive oil, like use a particular, is there, is there like a, a particular oil you would advise like we use or, or we should steam more instead of frying or is there like a way around that like for it to continue to partake in our Dude. delicious cultural food right um as far as oil like i guess olive oil is okay that's not sometimes i use it but i don't really i'm not that particular about it about it um and yes the african food we do have we do have a lot of nutrients we have a lot of nutrients in our foods um and then yes we have a lot of oils and a lot of fats in our foods also so uh and then again our foods are fresh our foods are natural Mm-hmm. You know, no GMO. it's not like here where everything's injected. You got this and that. So that's why Af- most you see Africans, they're not like out of shape, you know, because our, our, our foods are just natural and it's just pure. It's straight from the earth. Yeah, and no obesity and in, in back home. Right, right. You know, so African food, like you, yeah, you eat it and you you burn it off. The, the, the sun is going to burn it off for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I don't really like, because I was in Ghana last year and I did not even, I did not gain weight at all. I in barely gained weight. I was in Ghana, yeah. Well, maybe you're used to Ghanaian food because when I was in Ghana in 2018, I was every day was like a banku day for me. I was always eating tilapia. Yeah, like, now, I was trying you, my hands on everything. Right. If you let it get out of hand, you can lose. You 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 will gain weight if you go crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you just eat normal like you've been doing and then you stay healthy and you work out and you just live your life, you'll be fine. But if you go crazy, then yeah, you you will gain. Got it. Talk to me about how you prepare for a competition. So I was watching the Ronnie Coleman episode and, you know, 
the few months leading up to a competition, like his whole routine changes, like his diet changes, whatever it does changes, like put me in the mindset of like a, of like someone who's going into like a strongman or a bodybuilding competition. Like, what do you do that's different from your everyday routine? Do you take it to the extreme? Like, do you, what, what, what are your practices in going into a competition? So when I get ready, for, when I'm getting ready for a competition, the first thing I do is switch off my, is my mindset. So I got to, I switch to prep mode. So because if you don't change your mindset, it's really, really hard to accomplish anything that you want to accomplish. So if I if I if I set a date and say, okay, this is the competition and this is what I gotta do, I'm in complete prep mode and I'm in complete warrior mode. Like I'm ready to go and take on this venture. Um, so pretty much, yeah, everything's regimented. The time I wake up, the food I eat, how I train, and pretty much how I structure my whole entire day. Um, it's very, 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 very strict and regimented. It's like, it's almost like you're crazy, but that's kind of how the approach I take. And that's the approach that works for me, mm. you know? So I wake up 6 a.m. or 5 a.m., do cardio for about one hour, 45 minutes. I mean, one hour or 45 minutes. After that, I come home, I eat. Um, I wait a couple hours and I eat my second meal. Wait a couple hours, eat my third and then fourth, so on. Do you, do you, do you still bed. keep the same routine as far as training goes or you like pump it up a notch or I mean, I guess it depends on if you're doing like a classic or anything like that. Yeah, the training, the training got to go hard. So when you go in the gym, you got to go hard. So I definitely turn up a notch when I'm in prep mode. Um, and, you know, I definitely, you know, just switch. I, I go to that mindset where it's just like I'm trying to win. I'm, I'm here to like win, you know, so I'm not here to place top 10 and be happy. No, no, no. I'm here to just win. So pretty much. It's just uh, cardio. You go hard in everything. You go hard in your cardio regimen. You go hard in your training. You go hard even in your eating. Every single thing. Got it. So, got it. And what What about people who don't have that mindset? So you talk about having living like a regimented mindset, and I guess even when you're not preparing for a competition, just in your normal everyday routine, you kind of like have to have that discipline to get up at five in the morning or whatever you get up, go to the gym, keep it consistent, keep it consistent with your diet. But people are different, right? Like I kind of like can relate to that a little bit because my dad was in the military. I went to military boarding school. So I kind of like have that regimented mindset in a sense. But some of my siblings, maybe who took after my mom or something else, like they might not necessarily have that. What a, If people don't have that background and have that mindset, but still want to remain fit, how do they do it? How do they cultivate that discipline at all? Like, are, are there baby steps to it? They are. There are baby steps because you don't just get up and start getting up at five in the morning. If you're not a morning person, because even I'm not a morning person, I actually don't like waking up early. <laughs> you know, that's not something that I choose to do. So, yeah, you can start slow. So sometimes you say, OK, this week I'm going to wake up for Monday and Tuesday. I wake up early. You just start slow. I go to the gym. You know, you start getting into that mindset. And then sometimes, you know, if you have a peer that does it, that lives that lifestyle, you can kind of go on a journey along with him or her. And then they can help you out. They can help you get into that mind state. They can help you get into that realm of, you know, wanting, wanting to accomplish greatness. And so you pretty much, is about your surroundings too, your inner circle. What are they mm. doing? Are they motivating you? Are they, you know, or are they holding you back? Are they just not, 
progressing in life, you know, and not not everybody has that killer mentality. Not everybody has that killer mindset where they want to do this. They want to get up in early and get stuff done because getting up early does not correlate to success. And mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there because you get up at five every day does not mean you're going to be successful. It's about what you do when you're up, you know, how much stuff you get done. You can wake up at 11 a.m. and, 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 and crush it and, and literally go hard on, on and get a lot of stuff done during the day where you can wake up at five and not get anything done. So it doesn't really, that, that's not a correlation, but it just so happens that people who wake up earlier get more stuff done and are more inclined to success. So, um, yeah, that's not a direct correlation. So I don't want to make it as if you have to be up early all the time. No, you don't. Um, I mean, yeah, what, but what? It's, go, Sorry, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, it's about pretty much surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, people that are already doing it, you know, um, and, and they can help you get to that mindset, even, even if you're not there yet baby steps sometimes go on a journey with them if they go every day go with them three days out of the week and then it'll be four it'll be five and then you, before you know it you'll be at that level where you guys are going every day going hard every day so that's how you, know, you kind of start with the baby you know, steps. you know what that makes sense you know just putting yourself in the right environment and you know right. uh, learning by osmosis it's just like living in certain neighborhoods and finding yourself speaking spanish because like it's like a latino neighborhood like if you yeah. surround yourself with the right people put yourself in the right situation then you start to like learn and that helps you along the way you know one thing i like about the bodybuilding community is the sense of camaraderie like everyone like mm-hmm. you said like people help each other it's not just people screaming at you telling you to bench press or do anything like even outside the gym like these guys are brothers i have a bunch of people i know who roll together because they go to the gym together and they always like do things together they hike together their wives know each other their family know each other there's that bond like why is that is it that you guys like it's like going to war like achieving you know that bodybuilding goal or that fitness goal is such a difficult thing to do that it just brings everyone who successfully does that together or is there something else to it in the culture um i think it's more of a community thing because if you look at it most people will hang out with who they are more associated with you know so doctors they hang out with other doctors you know mm, podcasters but, yeah pastors they hang out with pastors so pretty much it's about like i said it's about your your environmental structure um with the bodybuilding i think that they get it they understand each other they understand each other's struggle just like any other, um, you know, uh, occupation that you would do. They all get it. They know what they got to do to get to that top level. They know what foods they got to eat. They know how they got to train. So then that within that thing, it brings them all together. It brings them all together. And then so it just makes a transition easier to understand one another. And pretty much that, that, that that's how it is. And I would, I, I would not even put myself at that elite level just yet because I'm still in the work in progress, you know. I would not put myself as like, for example, you, you were talking about Ronnie Coleman. I'm mm. not even close or even half to where he's at at my age. So can I get there? I probably can if I keep working hard and if I keep staying consistent because this this is a consistent game, you know. So I would not consider myself a top-level elite like bodybuilder. I'm still kind of pretty much relatively new to the game, if you will, mm. you know. But just with my mindset, I know I'm going to get there. I know I'm going to get to that elite level. That's why I'm not worried. I'm taking my step slowly one day at a time. So as far as, you know, getting to that top level, I, I, I'll get there. Got it. I'm, you, I'm, I'm, I'm well on my way, though. <laughs> you are. You are. I mean, pfft, compared to some of us. 
<laughs> do, do you find here's a trick question do you find uh do you, have you had experiences do you find that since you started bodybuilding that a lot of people kind of like test you more like when you go outside like wearing the tank tops or whatever people want to like huh, i can take him like it, it doesn't mean anything he has yeah, muscles they, i have muscles kind of thing or do people generally like stare clear that kind of thing you no know, there's always wise guys that want to test you <laughs> you know there's, there's a lot of wise guys out there when you go out and people just want to bump into you just for the heck of it just to see your reaction um for me yeah I, i've gone a couple of times but i pay him no mind you know because the way i look at it i got more to lose if he had anything to lose he would not bump into me mm, you know especially, what I mean? especially as a black man huh exactly so you really really got to think about you know <laughs> the pros and cons if you go out and somebody bumps into you or somebody steps on your jordans personally me i'm not gonna do anything i'm not gonna fight him because you step on my toe or, or my shoe some that's, people might say what's me, the use of having all this muscle if you can't flex it you know that kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's not about that though it's not about having all this muscle and trying to beat somebody up <laughs> my brother's my brother he's a boxer he doesn't go around beating people up you know so it's not it's not it's not about that it's about really knowing like i got a lot to lose and so does he we all some people got shit to lose so so pretty much if i'm out with my friends and somebody wants to start something i'm not going to engage into any physical altercation unless if my life is in danger mm. so that that's that's pretty much how i go about it but if you step on my shoes i'm look, that, that's just a waste of time and and waste of energy and and you're just gonna get in trouble and all that stuff that's the, i don't need that kind of stuff you know i don't got time for that so yeah people will test you you just gotta uh, ha, ha, be strong you have you gotta have a strong mindset and just uh let it go you, you gotta be you know it's, it's not all about being alpha all the time and part of part of being alpha is pretty much harnessing your anger and just being composed all the time because some people will try and test you and they will try and see get a reaction out of you you just gotta ignore them i guess that makes sense because even in the bodybuilding world like the discipline helps you build your mind not just your body support for the cultural class podcast is brought to you by manscape the best in men's below the belt grooming Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology development to provide you the best tools for your grooming experiences. In essence, this is a high-tech pubic shaver for men and women. While living the quarantine life, it might be difficult for most of us to pay attention to personal hygiene. This is because everyone is indoors, you know, it's difficult to find a barber. However, with Manscaped, you don't need to let your groin area look like your beard especially if you have a significant other that you stay with or you're close to. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and has just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. I mean, the shaver is also water resistant, so you can groom yourself in the shower. And when I say groom yourself, I mean shave. Manscaped was kind enough to send me a box, and I have it right here. One of the coolest features is the LED lights, which illuminates the groin area or the grooming area for a closer, more precise trimming. Now you have a light on the trimmer, so you can see what you're doing while you're trimming. So you can get all those hidden errors, you know what I mean. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. This means it's not loud. No one knows what you're doing. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code CULTURECLASS at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 
lady listeners, this would be a great gift for your guys as well. If you're thinking about what to get your husband or your boyfriend or your significant other, you can get him a lawnmower 3.0. Just go to manscaped.com and use the promo code CULTUREClass while checking out to get 20% off and free shipping. Once again, 20% off free shipping. Go to manscaped.com and use the code CULTUREClass. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so uh, where were we? Um, yeah, so a lot of people, some people are wise guys and a lot of people stare clear. Um, what about being stereotyped? Are, are there stereotypes that you've encountered being a bodybuilder, whether that's, you know, moving through society and just from the sheer fact that you're black and you're this big fella, maybe from law enforcement or people just generally, have you had any experience in that regard? Um, maybe indirectly, but sometimes you can tell, you know, when you go out even to the supermarket to go buy some stuff and people will just look at you and, you know, they make up some assumption about you. Um, that's just the society we're living nowadays. So, um, I've, I've, I've gotten that, uh, before and, um, you just got to deal with it. What was the particular instance? Can you share exactly what happened? (laughs) There's a lot of them. (laughs) There's a lot of them. Um, hmm, let me see. This this is just any situation. Yep. Oh, you know, literally walking into um, a store. You know, like like at, at a mall or something like that. You know, just browsing around. You know, some and I'm sure you have too. Sometimes you walk in there to ask you, do you need any help? Meanwhile, mm. you just there just to look at things. And you know, rightfully rightfully so, they should ask you, do you need any help? Maybe in case you do need help finding something. And you know, usually at some, no, I'm just looking around, just, just browsing, and they will keep like looking at you, and mm. you know, and it makes you feel uncomfortable. It's like, why are you still like looking at me and kind of yeah, following other me? people? Yeah, why me? Kind of thing. Right. And and why you like kind of follow my every move that I'm making? I'm just here to look at things. If I like it, I'll buy it. If I don't like it, I'll leave. Simple as that. But they want to just keep looking at you. And, you know, the, the stories that black people tell that they experience is not a joke. It's not something that's made up. Who's going to make up a story like that? It's, this is real life stuff that we deal with, you know? Yeah. And it's difficult for people to understand, right? Because they don't Absolutely. necessarily have that experience i mean even within the black community you know the way immigrants look at racism and things like that even though we do experience our fair share of it is different from how african americans look at racism you're kind of like in a unique position because you're an immigrant but you came here since you were eight so you've had a lot of i would imagine and this is just you can correct me if i'm wrong like a lot of like african-american experiences and culture so merging that two together like it, it sometimes there's like a disconnect like africans and african-american don't always agree, which is strange because originally, like, ultimately, we're all one and the same people. Like, you know, but it's strange that we can always have a disconnect in, in in that culture or in the black community, saying, you know, have that segmentation. Oh, you know, there's African descendants of slaves, or Africans, there's African Americans, there's light skin, there's black skin. Like, have all these like divisions, which is which is so interesting to me. Like, you live in Maryland, which is like, you know, a huge black community. I mean, I live in. Uh, 
Virginia. Oh, you live in Virginia. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the DMV area in general, you know, D.C., Chocolate City, like Maryland, PG County, like it's a huge like black community. Have you experienced any like awkward moments between giving your position? Like maybe I don't know if member of some members of your families are African and some are African-Americans. Have you like experienced any awkward moments between like Africans and African-Americans where, you know, maybe some African-Americans are trying to co-opt African culture in the wrong way or some Africans are not understanding the plight of African-Americans and saying, you know, get over it. We are immigrants. We come here. We work our ass off, that kind of thing. Yes. So um, this was more, so when I was uh, in my elementary school days, I got made fun of a lot because I had a thick accent. You know, you're new to the country and I'm sure you've heard it. The saying African booty scratcher. So, yeah, I've heard all the jokes, you know, and these were coming from African-Americans. And for me, I didn't take it like too offensive. I I have thick skin, so I didn't really like it was it was very annoying. It was very, um, you know, like like I didn't want them to keep doing that. But that's, you know, we're kids. They're going to make fun of you. That's what they're going to do. Um, and as you grow up, sometimes our parents, they have a different mindset. You know, they will tell you, oh, these, uh, black Americans, they no good. They want to do this and that they don't want to get jobs, which is wrong. That that is not true. That's not a true statement. That is the stereotype that they're getting from the outside sources. And that's the stereotype that they get from the systemic issue that's going on. So they paint the picture, the, the systemic issue is already painted. And so our parents, when they come here, we want to work, we want to do better for ourselves. And then they think that, okay, why can't these African-Americans do the same? Whereas some of them are at a disadvantage. You know, it's no excuse. You still, you can still go out and if you really want it, you can still go out and do better for yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. nothing is holding you back. Um, they say some people have an oppressed mindset, which may be true. But for me, I think oppress, oppression is there. It's up to you to go out and get it on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, so our parents kind of like, like, um, tell us this lie. I believe it's a lie that, oh, uh, African-Americans don't want to do anything for themselves. No, no, no. I know a lot of African-Americans that are very, very successful. Mm-hmm. They go out and they get it. Some are doctors, some are school teachers, some are, you know, at a high ranking position. And so that narrative, I don't believe that. I don't believe that, you know, that notion that African-Americans don't want to do better. No, I don't believe that that's a lie and that they have, they are oppressed. They don't want to you know, that, that's all BS to me. You know, the reason why they're saying that because it's, it comes from a systemic issue that is now prevalent. We're all seeing it now, you know? So that, that, that that's where um, I guess to get the information from. So when, you, when you're in my position where you can see both sides, you can, that, that's where you can kind of decipher and determine okay, now I get it. Exactly, exactly. And you are in a unique position. And I agree that, you know, some of it is generational, like from our parents and grandparents who came here in the 60s and 70s. But, you know, I also believe that both sides have a a role to play, you know, in bridging that divide because, um, you know, there are instances, you know, Africans certainly on African-Americans, but African-Americans also on Africans, you know, you said with the booty scratcher uh, thing and all that. Africans, like African-Americans are hardworking people. And like, we also tend to forget a lot of times that 
the Africans who end up coming here most times are the cream of the crop. So like, it's like you're, you know, getting like a whole bunch of people who are like upper echelon for the most part, not everyone, obviously. Some people had to fight their way to get here. But for the most part, like privileged upper echelon people, you know, educated, family, well, whatever, in some sense of the word and mm-hmm. come here and, you know, they're not necessarily starting from the bottom and they don't have a history of oppression because everyone where we come from uh, is black and there's no racism, even though there's tribalism and, and whatnot. And that's why we don't tend to understand the plights of, of Africans. But also on the flip side, you know, some African-Americans don't take the time to truly understand the culture you know they, they make fun of the accent they say oh he african you know that kind of thing right. like write them off but now There's but some now people even go as far as saying that you're not black you're african i was like what does that mean you're not black you're right african. right no but now everybody's hopping on the culture now mm, yeah yep. everybody, the bur- every, burner every, boy and the afro beats and the food and the fashion everybody like, everybody mm-hmm. is hopping on the culture now first yeah. it went from first it went from oh uh, you african you know first it went from oh you African now it's like oh you're African wow like everybody want to hop on a culture now now that it's kind of a trend everybody want to hop on it so you know it's it's kind of funny yeah (laughs) looking at it that way (laughs) it is what it is and I guess it's not the first time it's happened it's like a cycle like there was a time you know Italian culture was the thing Latino culture was the thing so uh, let's just hope that we can capitalize on this and make it better for both groups of people and not just one group of people um, here's a question I've always, you know, wondered. What's the fitness mecca of the U.S.? Like you kind of hear places like Venice Beach. Some people say Iceland because of the strongman competition. But some people just say California in general. Some people say New Jersey, whatever, whatever. Like being in that industry, where's like the... The, the, the fitness heaven for that has you no know, host most of the conversations. Is it like Vegas? Is it like, you know, that kind of thing, Florida or... Yeah. Is there even in, a fitness in mecca? The, in the U.S. In the U.S., yes. For my experience, I think it's California. Mm. Um, Southern California. Florida has a really good uh, industry, too. Um, but I think California is huge in the, in the fitness industry. It's really, really big. I mean, um, you know, people want to go there. They have uh, Venice Beach, um, the Ghost Gym there. I've been there before, and it's a really, really good environment. So I'd say, I'd say, you know, Southern California area is probably the hub of fitness. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because uh, what I'm not sure where Gold's Gym was started. I don't know if it's California, but I know Joe Rogan currently lives in California, and he's always talking about you know different gyms and like physical mm-hmm. activity. I think he's into like jujitsu and other things like that. So that kind of like fitness. I, I love what you guys are doing, like kind of with the brand of like Gold Coast Warriors and things like that because a lot of people just say they operate a brand and the only thing they do is just to have an Instagram page or oh, I'm a brand. It's kind of like a vague thing. I'm a brand, but you guys are right. kind of like transcending that word brand to actually mean business. So you guys have merch. Uh, obviously I know you, you give classes, do some consulting, things like that. Like, how is it like on the business side? Did you have any experience with business? Like either, you know, working for your parents or doing stuff like that, or maybe studying business in school. How has it been like being like a black entrepreneur with Gold Coast Warrior trying to translate Translate your 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 knowledge, your resources into actual money. How's that journey been like? Yeah. So, as far as the business side, um, I've always had a niche as far as how to structure things and how to keep things in line. You know, in business, everybody has a different um, thing that they're good at. You know, Jehu, he's really good at the numbers. 
side and I'm going to, you know, come up, kind of keeping things in structure and, you know, scheduling, you know, um, you know, just, just pretty much honing in on the business structure itself. So, um, our apparel, you know, it sells, we have hoodies, Kente hoodies, Kente sports bra for the ladies, and uh, they love it. And so they buy it, as <laughs> simple as that. And so we market it to, to them. And our marketing is just annual, a very, very manual labor, whereas we do our own marketing. We don't hire mm. any third party to do it, which third party definitely helps. I think a lot of the big companies do that, which is um, we, may, we may start doing it because it, it, it does help. So uh, marketing is huge, you know, uh, and pretty much just putting the word out there. And then, you know, we turn that and monetize off of that and also workout programs. I pretty much create workout programs for uh, people and clients. And so um, they use the workout programs, help them, help them to get in shape. And my brother, he like I said, he does boxing. So he's another source of um, clientele that we can send to him if people want to do boxing style training. So yeah, it's pretty much a full circle. You know, we, 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 do, we do it all. It's not just apparel. We do actually help people get in shape as well. Got it. I always like to ask people, anyone I have on the podcast that has like a side hustle or a business or a company, I always like to ask them for a practical step for the benefits of the listeners. So a lot of people are really vague about, you know, oh, you have to motivate yourself. You have to make sure oh. that you're the, like, what's one practical thing, like a tool, a skill you learned, uh, a routine, something that helped you with your business? Is there a particular website or a particular tool you guys use for like maybe accounting or marketing or a particular skill you had to develop that helped with your business that someone can then go on to do more research on to help themselves yeah. as well? So this is a good question. But for me personally, it's watching videos. Mm. Seeing things and seeing yeah, yeah. Seeing things and seeing how entrepreneurs move and how they work around things and pretty much seeing their daily lifestyle. I can watch that and formulate that into my own entrepreneur skill set. You know, so watching videos has really helped me out tremendously. And not 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 going and buying this ebook and telling you this is how to do it, this is how to become successful. I, I typically don't like doing that kind of stuff. I like to watch and see what they're doing day to day. And I don't mimic it, but I use, I take what I get from it and I incorporate that into my own business skill set, if that makes any sense. So, but going there and saying, like you see all these commercials, buy my five step um, lifestyle coaching. Look, shout out to Ty day, Lopez, huh? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, man, is is what works for you. It's what you got to do. It's not somebody's program that's gonna make you successful. Mm. Even when I put out my workout programs, I'm like, yo, you're not gonna look like me after you're done with the program. You're gonna look like the best version of yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm never gonna sell a workout program to somebody and tell them, okay, you're gonna look like you're gonna have six pack and have uh, big shoulders. That's a, that's false. I'm not gonna tell anybody that after you're done with the program, you're going to look like the best version of yourself. Of yourself. Mm. Exactly. I'm not going to send, tell you, say, and say, because of this 12 week program, I look like this. I have abs. I have that. No, that's false. Mm. That's false. Any, I don't care how you look. Any fitness person that tells you that is complete BS. You are going to look, when you're done with my program, you will look like the best version of you, not somebody on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's how I do it. I keep it real with whoever I'm interacting with. You know, if you if somebody wanna buy my program, I'm gonna tell you like this. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna look great. When you're done with the program, you're gonna lose weight. You're gonna I'm not gonna make any promises because at the end of the day, it's you that's doing the program, not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you came mm-hmm. to buy the program. So it's 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 up to you to pretty much use those guidelines to help you out. If you cheat yourself, that's on you. You're not gonna end up looking like your favorite Instagram fitness model. No. 
you're gonna look at the best version of yourself of and, that's, yourself. and that's pretty much how i go by you know what that makes a lot of sense and i know that that might have flown over people's heads it's just like what you said about there's value in learning from osmosis just like what you said about building those practices if you're not naturally like a disciplined person put yourself in a situation in an environment where you can learn from osmosis so even though you don't have oh you want to be an accountant for instance even though you don't physically have accountant friends or you're not in a city that thrives on accounting or whatever you can watch these videos you can follow these things and like put yourself in that situation it's just like kind of like what i started doing with stocks last last year so in october last year i you know i kind of like just put out in a couple of whatsapp groups that i am that hey man i want to start a whatsapp group called baby investors that look even though i have like a business background like i, I don't really know the practice i know a lot of textbook knowledge but i don't know the practical knowledge about investing in stocks so look all of us like i don't want someone coming to tell us like is a stock expert we're all trying to figure it out together let's figure it out together a bunch of people indicated interest we formed a group called the baby investors and you know just i trade the information oh i'm buying this this day oh why oh this is going up that day oh this is coming out with an earnings report oh what does this mean what does that mean and slowly but surely like it's gonna be a year since we started doing this in october 2020 and like most of our portfolios are bordering on like the 20 percent range so we've had 20 percent return on investment like uh, the the most successful person in the group has like a hundred and 147 percent like return on investment on the average most people have like 20 30 some people have like 10 but most people have like 20 which is pretty good like in a year right. and these are so it's just by learning from osmosis because we were all interested in that we put ourselves in that situation we shared resources and made sure that we could move from there so that's really something that people need to i guess that's why you have a lot of trade shows and conferences and things like that people just want to come together as a community and i'm sure you also have that in the gym community yeah. Um, man, it's been really interesting, you know, getting to talk to you, getting to, you know, learn more about you and what it is you do. Um, at the end of the episode, I always like to give my guests like a couple of minutes. Maybe if there's a question I didn't ask or something you want to address. So if you just want to go ahead and like drop your social media, like whatever it is, uh, you can do that. Can we ask you a question? Yeah, most definitely. So how do you feel about the last couple of months of how the state of this nation has been transcending? Oh, you mean with the BLM thing? Yeah, so BLM and the whole uh, George Floyd situation, systemic racism. How, how, how do you feel about that on a personal level? I mean, I think it's about time because um, just like you said uh, with your experience in the grocery store, when you tell a number of people these stories, like they don't understand. Like I, I always like to give this analogy and, you know, listeners who have been following the podcast for a while, you've heard me say this before, but for benefits of new listeners, like I used to work at a company, right? Uh, what we did, you know, we financed a lot of small businesses and whatnot. And we had a lot of trucking clients, right? And, you know, a lot of immigrant truckers from Ethiopia, Eritrea, Eastern Africa, mostly. And we financed, like we bought the truck for them and, you know, they paid us back over time. So there was a time we bought a particular truck. I can't remember if it was a truck or like a normal car or SUV, it was a vehicle. And our client was complaining that the truck didn't have a CD player or the vehicle didn't have a CD player. So a lot of people in the company were like, 
trying to understand like what is going on that does he have a radio yes does he have an auxiliary cord yes like what's the problem like you can connect your phone play any music you want from spotify or like listen to radio like why doesn't need to have a cd player that there's no no one sells cds anymore so you know he, he was african i was african so i like you know reached out to him i like okay you know what exactly is the issue how can we solve this because swapping the truck is gonna have like an extra cost to it like what's the issue and i got to understand that hey you know he said he's from um i can't i think it was somalia i think it was somali uh if i remember correctly and he said you know told me the story of you know how he fled you know conflict in this country emigrated to the u.s was a wasn't like a refugee camp for a long time blah 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 and that a lot of music that connects him back home he hasn't been home for like 20 years a lot of music that connects him back to the roots aren't on spotify they're not on streaming platforms because the somali music industry hasn't fully gone digital and that a lot of ways he connects back to his culture is through the CDs his cousin sends him and ships him physically from Somalia and he needs a CD player too like that's his only taste of home that made me better understand where it comes from so I, I can kind of liken it to the BLM issue like we've been saying these things but it's flown over a lot of people's heads uh, a lot of people because they they are not from that background they don't know what it's like to be a black man or a black person or an African or immigrant or a minority in America they tend not to understand but this is really brought an unprecedented level of awareness to the plight and even though that didn't really you know make everyone understand a hundred percent it did move the needle so i think it was necessary um as a whole it was a very welcome and necessary movement a lot of people have arguments about you know certain things that happen in the autonomous zones and you know things that happen with like the looting and rioting or whatnot and you know there, there's an argument for defunding the police whatever but overall, I think it was like a welcome development that made people more aware because I don't think we've ever seen like corporate brands like paying attention as much like racial issues as we've, we, we have in the last uh, three months. So just, that's just like my opinion. So I guess like, uh, you know, looking forward to better days ahead, to be honest. Well, well put, well put. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you want to go ahead, drop your social media um, uh, and stuff? Yeah, so um, you can follow me at emends on Instagram, E-M-E-N-D-S, emends. That's my personal uh, Instagram page. And then for my business page, at Gold Coast Warriors, at Gold Coast Warriors. That's the uh, the brand, you know, get you some fitness apparel and all that stuff. GoldCoastWarriors.com. That's our website. Make sure you go on there and look at some other stuff that you may like and purchase. Yep. And we'll also have a link to the Gold Coast Warriors uh, website in the show notes. So if you guys just want to click on that and, you know, it'll take you directly to the website. Purchase uh, some apparel, support black business and, you know, help a young man who's trying to, you know, make his way in the fitness industry. Thank you so much for coming on. I really wish you all the best in your future endeavors. Uh, as usual, if you guys want to follow Culture Class Podcast as well, this Culture Class Podcast on all social media platforms. It's Culture Class Pod on Twitter and check out our website cultureclasspodcast.com and hopefully when we move forward with people of culture maybe 2021 you can grace us with your presence as alongside other gcw members as well absolutely man thanks for the time i appreciate it all right have a great day all right take care